Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to the Communal Table Podcast, part of Food & Wine Pro. I'm your host, Kat Kinsman, Senior Editor at Food & Wine. And if this sounds different than uh, previous podcasts, other than the ones we've been doing in the past week, it's because I am practicing social distancing and recording this from my apartment in Brooklyn. Um, lucky enough to be able to continue to have these conversations with people who frankly are going through the toughest fight of, of their lives as, uh, you know, as pertains to their, their, their business and, um, the people who they care for. Um, and today I was lucky enough to have some time with Angie Marr of the Beatrice Inn in New York City's West Village. She is a food and wine best new chef. And over the past bunch of years, she has become a really dear friend uh, of mine. And if you haven't been to the Beatrice Inn before, it is a place of luxury and it is an escape um, from everyday life um, in, in good times. It is pricey, yes, unap unapologetically so, but there is a reason uh, for that with the, from everything from the quality of ingredients that she sources to the um, you know, incredible skill of the, the people who make the food in the restaurant to just, you know, everything is, is, is so thoughtful and deliberate. And she has created a place where it is not just about what's on the plate, though what is on the plate is is really incredible, luxurious, uh, and 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 meaningful. Um, it is that, but it is so much more because she has this place that is um, mostly underground. Um, it's a classic space that has been a restaurant for many many years, and she worked there as the chef under. Um, Graydon Carter's era, and then she was able to buy the place and really make it her own. And it is a place of of celebration, of luxury, of just forgetting the world outside uh, for a while. And then all of that had to change very, very suddenly um, due to the outbreak of coronavirus and all the regulations, the, the, the necessary regulations that the New York City government has put in place where restaurants can only offer uh, delivery or curbside service. Um, and Angie really had to stop and, and reckon um, for a moment, uh, longer than a moment, about uh, what she had to do in order to still be able to pay the people who work for her, um, as many of them as, as she could, still be able to maintain the integrity of her vision of the kind of food that she serves, but have to um, scale it down from, you know, she is known for incredibly flamboyant food, tableside flambe and uh, all of, you know, all of the, this, uh, these kinds of dishes that are epic and and, celeb and celebratory and chronicled in her book, Butcher and Beast. And she had to figure out you know, how to make this pivot that so many people are, are uh, making across the country. Um, a lot of restaurants have always offered delivery or takeout. Um, Beatrice Inn is not one of them. Um, neither is Alinea or Vespertine or any of these places that are known for the experiential. And so to take sort of the, the, the feeling, the ethos, the quality of that and turn it into something that people could order online or, or call and get and um, have delivered was 
um, a thought process for her, but she is an endlessly create, cre- endlessly creative person who um, figured out a way that she could do this and, you know, is taking uh, the the money from it to be able to um, pay the people who are working there with her side by side. She's had to um, just pivot in a whole lot of ways while every restaurateur I know is, is going through a really difficult time um, right now for a whole lot of reasons. And as you'll hear us uh, discuss in the episode, they're also processing grief right now uh, for what they, uh, the world that existed, the world that they came up in, the reasons that they decided to be chefs and restaurateurs and servers and bartenders. That is gone uh, for now. And it is never coming back in the same way. It will come back in in some way. I firmly and fully believe in hospitality people and what drives them and their their level of commitment to feeding other people. And I have to believe that this will come back in some form um, with some uh, governmental assistance, ideally, and we talk about that in the podcast. But it's okay right now to understand this as a grief for a way of life that is um, no more, at least for right now. And Angie had a lot of thoughts about that, about smart business pivots, and uh, how she is taking care of herself and her team right now. Angie, hey. Hey, Kat. Oh my gosh. So you just had to change rooms because your team is getting ready for service right now in a very different way than you have done at the Beatrice Inn before. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, talk about a 180, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's insane. I you know, I got back from London um, about, what, a week and a half ago now, and I landed back to New York, and it was like just finding you know, a city that's completely in disarray. And, um, you know, we we made the decision on Saturday night that we would close our doors just because we needed to, um, you know, do our part in order to help curb um, the spread of coronavirus. And, you know, lo and behold, Sunday night, um, you know, as we all know, the governor shut down all restaurants and bars. Um, so, you know, really, you're talking about overnight, you know, I think the restaurant industry, in just in New York City alone, represents 250,000 jobs, mm-hmm. and overnight, you're looking at 250,000 people that are out of work, and, you know, as you know, this is an industry that does not, you know, we don't have, you know, three months of operating capital in the bank somewhere, um, you know, and just as business owners, it's, it's very far and few between if that's the case. Um, and conversely, when you look at restaurant workers, you're talking about a demographic of people who are pretty much living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. and many of which don't qualify for unemployment. Um and so, you know, that's, that's really, that's really where we're at right now. You know, I'm really thankful. I did MSNBC on Friday. Good. And, um, you know, sales tax was due that day. And I think we've all just in the industry been imploring government 
to suspend sales tax, um, which was due on Friday, because a lot of us were put in the positions to where we had to choose between paying our taxes on time and uh, and and paying our employees. Yeah. Um, you know, and and thankfully, Governor Cuomo suspended sales tax, um, which is fantastic. But you know, it's not enough. It's not enough. You know, we need more support. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of us are dealing with still having to pay our rent. Yeah. You know, we have non-operational businesses, um, and a lot of us are, you know, just struggling to find a way to, um, you know, to keep as many people working as we possibly can, which is why we decided that we had to do this pivot. We had to do takeout service. Because it's, you know, look, we're, I'm never going to be able to pay my rent doing takeout. I'm never going to be able to, um, you know, to pay my bills doing takeout. But if I can provide jobs for as many of my employees as humanly possible, I will continue to do this until I run out of money. I mean, you are a person who, you know, we've, we've, we've been friends for a while and I have seen you as a person who you lead with with mentorship. You are a leader. You are a person who is is hyper sensitive to the needs of the people who are on your team. I have been there um, during lineup before, uh, where it's not just like, "Hey, what are you know specials tonight?" It's you know, it's education. It's uh, you know, it, it, it's focus on, on the humanity of, of the whole thing. And also for people who are not familiar uh, with, with the Beatrice Inn, which, by the way, for which Angie Marr uh, was, it was one of our best new chefs and, you know, is a vital, vital part of the Food & Wine Best New Chef uh, family. Um, it's, a, it's a luxurious place. It's this wonderful, legendary escape from the world outside. And it's luxe and it's gorgeous and it's over the top. And it's a place where you go there to be because you have set up this atmosphere of just revelry and and you know the the food is so wonderful and it's just part of the formula of this so for you this is why it really strikes with me me um the fact that you are doing takeout that alinea is doing takeout that vespertine is doing takeout all these places where the the experiential is so key can you talk about the how you uh decided like how to reformat your menu to do this and and still maintain who you are yeah you know it's really really tough right now um because there's, you know, I think I'm still trying to figure it out because, you know, I have made my career thus far on, you know, being outside of the box, being not for everybody and, you know, being this person who's going to do, you know, like, like a respect for fine dining, but at the same time we break all the rules, right? Yeah. And, and no so utensils I, you know, sometimes. <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um, but, you know, this, this restaurant is, you know, known to be luxurious and gluttonous. And, you know, so I am now trying to figure out, like, what my new normal is, is right? Um, because, you know, we are in a really scary time right now. And, you know, for us, it is, <clears throat> I think, you know, now is not the time for fine dining. Now is the time for family 
Now is a time for comfort. Now is a time for us to stand together even while we are distanced. And, you know, if, if I'm, I'm almost going back to, um, you know, what my father would have cooked for me, what I would have cooked for my family. And for me, that is so important because I think that's what everybody needs right now. We need a little bit of comfort. We need a little bit of hope. And, you know, if I can provide that to people just even, you know, via takeout or, you know, via caviar delivery, like I want to do it, you know, because that's what we really need right now. And for me, you know, like I said, this is, you know, I've come to the realization where it's like, look, like, you know, we will be lucky to cover our costs. We're going to be lucky to cover our costs. But, you know, this is, I view this as, you know, there's times where there's times to make money. And this is not one of those times. Yeah. This is a time to just be here for the community, um, the restaurant community uh, to provide jobs. It's time to be here for the community, you know, the West Village that that has been so amazing to me for the last seven years, um, you know, for me to be able to feed people in my community. That's what this is for, and we all have to step up. We all have to play our part, and, you know, like I said, I, I will be so, so grateful if we can cover our costs. And, you know, and if I can't, I will continue to do this until this business runs out of money because yeah. it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And, and, it- and you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, cat because I, you know, we just started this on Friday and it's Monday right now. And I've like, I've been here since the morning and I've been like accepting deliveries and like, you know, washing kale and like making, making chicken pie for tonight, you know? And, um, it was crazy because like we did this on on Friday and Saturday and it was our first two days and you know and we sold out of everything Good. and um you know it's it's really it's really crazy because I you know I mean you've known me pretty much my almost my whole career and you know it, this is a time where I I went home on Saturday and I was exhausted, you know, because we were like here, like eight, we're working 18, 20 hour days right now. And um, just to get, try and get all this stuff going. And, you know, I, I went home on Saturday and I was exhausted and I have honestly never felt so rewarded. Yeah. Oh, good. As Saturday. Yeah. And. It's a really crazy feeling because, you know, I should be, like, freaking out or I should be, like, so upset because, like, you know, like, the future of my business is completely unknown right now. We don't know if we're going to make it. We don't know if we're going to go under. Um, But what I do know is that I left this restaurant on Saturday knowing that we made the right choice. Yeah. And that is what's so important. I mean, I remember... You know, when I when I first met you, I had, uh, you know, I was sitting with Douglas, my husband, who you know very well, um, at at the bar. And, 
you know, I had had a drink in there once before and I came in there like we, we were thinking, oh, where can we eat in the neighborhood? We were seeing a play. And I mean, not only were we knocked out by the food, the you know, the bar staff kept talking about, oh, my gosh, chef, chef, chef. Like they were, you know, speaking of you with such love. And I was thinking, I don't you know, I need to know who this chef person was. And then I saw you, you know, come out of the kitchen and I was like, oh, my gosh, first of all, didn't know it was a woman, a, like incredibly stunning woman, and like I, I already fell in love with you vicariously through your food and the way your team was talking about you. But then getting to know you as a person has been, you know, such a, a great thing. But like it's always stuck with me that, um, you know, the first thing I heard about you was your team talking about what a leader you are, and because I know you as such a, a skilled leader. What would you say to other leaders in this business right now who don't know how to, you know, message uh, this to their their staff who are, you know, under tremendous stress themselves? Like how, you know, how are you communicating this? What advice would you give to people who are in charge of a team in this, these times of uncertainty? Yeah. You know, it's really scary. And I, you know, I'm not going to for one second um, – sit here and, and tell you that I wasn't scared, that I'm not scared right now. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it starts with, first of all, admitting that, you know, I mean, I, I, I got back from Europe and, and put myself into quarantine for a week just because I, I needed to make sure that I wasn't putting anybody else in danger. And, um, you know, it was probably the most depressing week of my life because yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not used to not being around people. I'm not used to not being in the kitchen. I'm not used to, um, you know, sitting home all day and, you know, just that alone can drive, drive somebody mad. Right. right. And, um, you know, I, you know, toward the end of the week, I was like, okay, you know, I said what I always say, which is failure is not an option. Yeah. Like failure is not an option. And if this is what we are faced with, if we are faced with you know, um, social distancing and the shuttering of restaurants across the city, except for, you know, certain, certain, um, you know, takeout and, and, and delivery. And, and that's all we're able to do. Well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it work and I'm going to make it work to the best of my abilities. And I think that, you know, there is always opportunity in, in, every situation and I think that you know if we as business owners and as leaders can see that opportunity be flexible and you know it's not going to look like what we what we thought it was going to look like right right and you know the world has changed and we have to change with it we have to you know, do what we need to do to survive. And just because it doesn't look like what we originally thought it was going to look like doesn't mean we stop creating. Yeah. We have to continue to innovate. We have to continue to create. And we have to t continue to do our part in what's right for our cities, for humanity, for our industry, for ourselves. Um, you know, and, and, and I take solace in that because it's a very very scary time for all of us right now no one is going to deny that um but just knowing that i'm going to be here with my team that i'm doing the right thing for them that i'm providing as many jobs as i can and knowing that i you know that i'm going to continue to create um 
you know, even if it's not what I, I, I originally thought it looked like, yeah. that gives me some solace, right? Yeah. Um, because it's, it's when we stop creating. I know that for me personally, it's like when I stop creating, um, that's the day that I'm, that's the day that I'm just going to hang it up, Kat. Yeah. I the, mean, day, the day that I accept that I cannot create <laughs> anything, that is the day that I will hang it up because I don't accept that. I, I, I don't accept that. We have to keep on innovating. I mean, and especially the, right now. The the podcasts that I recorded uh, earlier with, with Steve Palmer, I was closing it out with a note <laughs> saying, you know, this this knowledge, this skill, this all of this doesn't go away. Chefs are still chefs. Bartenders are still bartenders. You know, servers yeah. are still servers. And you, you have... You have that ability, and even if you know people can't, you know, cook in a restaurant right now, or can't be behind a bar, and can't be doing that thing that drives them every day, that doesn't mean they're not still that that thing. And I, I feel like I've I've talked to a lot of people over the past couple of weeks who were, were saying that all of this has made them reevaluate, like what is really truly important to to them like what actually matters and you know and also talking with I had shared this bit from my therapist on um, on Twitter about it's okay to process this stuff as grief like if you feel yourself feeling all the emotion this is grief though yeah yeah this is grief life is life as we all know it has changed and I you know I went through I mean you know this like I lost my father two years ago yeah and you know and I I went you know, like I still, you know, I still grieve his loss. And, um, you know, when I got back from Europe and I was in, I was in my house for a week, I was like, I started feeling all of those feelings again. And, and I realized that I was going through, I was going through a loss because I was, I, you know, it felt like I was losing my restaurant. It felt like I was losing my team. It felt like I was losing my sense of self. Right. Yeah. And, that, you know, I think we are all feeling that on so many different levels. And and it's okay to feel that. And we need to feel these things, right? And but that's what I'm saying is that out of that, once I recognized that I was grieving, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm grieving. I understand it. I've lost the restaurant that, you know, I've spent so many years building. So what is left of it? And how can we still share it with people? Yeah. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And I mean, I think you're doing it in, in, in such a, a beautiful way. And, you know, on your socials and stuff, you, you've been centering your staff, which I think is, you know, a thing I've always seen you do. And, and it's just, it's a really important thing. Um, I want to ask you, when is the last time that you got proper sleep? How are you taking care of yourself? <laughs> well, I, um, you know, I... We were closed Sunday because, as you know, I will never uh, open on a Sunday. It's just it's like against my my every fiber of my being. So <laughs> I um I definitely I definitely used all day yesterday to sleep. I um you know I and I was you know back in the kitchen this morning at eight a.m. and um you know this is this is I think this is what life is going to look like for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know I I. To say like it's you know I'm absolutely no stranger to hard work and this is some of the hardest I've worked in my entire career yeah um you know because I I don't have a prep team right now and the you know I was in here on Friday and Saturday with three other people and um you know just just trying to crank out as much food as we could and 
um, you know, it's, it's, it takes, it takes me back to my, uh, to my, my early days working for Andrew Tarlow. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it definitely does that. But, um, you know, look, it's, uh, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And I, I know for a fact that we're doing this for the right cause. Yeah. And this is a this is a random this is a silly question, but I'm asking it of you because I'm sort of asking it of me as well. Um, I'm still trying to put on my eyeliner and perfume so I feel like myself. <laughs> are, yes, we are, have to. Yeah, I mean, because we're we're both people who have you know pretty solid visual identities, and I yeah. realized I was feeling like a rat because I was just you know, not putting on proper clothes. And yeah. you know, I, oh gosh, you know, I, I'm, I left my house to take the dog for a walk and my hair was just sort of random. And, and you and I are both people who have, you know, link uh, looks that for me, it's my armor, you know, having yeah. a, eyeliner, eyeliner and my yeah. eyeliner, lipstick, hair. Yeah. What yeah. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so are you still, um, putting on your, your basically like war paint right now? Yes. Good. Absolutely. Because you're, Absolutely. Cause you're, you're spent, Angie freaking Mars. I contoured my face this morning. Yes. The whole thing. Like, <laughs> you have to keep doing it. I mean, I need every step, as much normalcy as I can absolutely muster. You know, we, like, I have to. Like, I have to. Like, I had to make sure that, you know, before I, before I got back into the kitchen on Friday, I had to make sure my hair was dyed. <laughs> I completely understand. And it also, this also makes me extra grateful for your book, Butcher and Beast, because it is a document of this time before. And it is, it is one of the most real, poignant, uh, perfect documents of restaurant culture, um, you know, up until a few weeks ago. And I just, yeah. I sort of feel like right now you are writing the the, the next chapter of, of what that's going to be. And I can't encourage people enough to, you know, if you, ha- I know money's tight for everybody and everybody's being careful, but like this book is, um, I, I think it's a really good manifesto for people to have right now of what the industry is capable of and to just yeah. remember why, I mean, so much of it is about why you do what you do. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, uh, you know, so much of that book, uh, it's crazy to think, you know, because it came out in October and then, uh, you know, the world started to change in December and, 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 you know, who knows what the world's going to be like as we come out of this, you know, I I don't know if it'll ever be like that again. Um, So I'm I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we documented it. but, you know, we are, so one of the things that I am doing, so we actually have a um, employee relief fund that we've set up yeah. um, for our employees here. Um, and it's a, it's a GoFundMe, and it's for the employees at Beatrice, and 100% of all of the donations are going to them. Um, and then also to, like, you know, because I've been getting so many amazing emails and calls and you know, just people that don't even live uh, in New York who are like, you know, how can we how can we help your employees? And, um, you know, so we're like gift cards on our website and um, this employee relief fund for the GoFundMe is so, so amazing. And, I, you know, I know that all of them are going to be so grateful, um, you know, and, and, and anything people can give is fantastic. And 
also to um, the the sales, the book sales um, off of our website, thebeatricein.com. Um, all of the book sales that are coming from that website, 25% of the net profits are going uh, directly to uh, the GoFundMe um, for our employees for the relief fund as well. That is so um, wonderful because Am- Amazon is over is overrun right now and stuff. So, you know, I love the notion of being able to put that directly um, toward uh, you and your people. Yeah, no, it's, it's what, you know, like I, I have like a certain amount of books in the restaurant and if, if we can sell them and, 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 you know, direct the funds to our team, that's, that's absolutely what we want to do. Um, because, you know, look, I, these guys have been here, you know, they're the ones, everybody always comes into this restaurant and, you know, I'll, I'll go, as you know, I go like walk around the dining room and say hello to as many guests as I possibly can every single night. And, you know, they always thank me for, for what we do here. And my answer is always the same. It is, it is not me. It is not me anymore. You know, like I, 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 I am not in the kitchen every day. I want to be in the kitchen every day, but I'm not. I'm like running a business, right? And it is the people who are on the floor, who are in the kitchen, who are in the back of the house. It's the dishwashers. It's all of those guys. They're the ones that they should thank, not me. And, you know, if there's anything that we can do to help help them and help them support their families, especially in this time, um, you know, we that's, that's what we want to do. Yeah, everyone go to thebeatriceinn.com and, you know, get a get a gift card, get a, you know, get a, a, a shirt, get a get a book yeah. or donate um, to the cause because really one of life's truly great pleasures is is sitting there, especially at that bar and, you know, eating Angie's food, talking with the bartenders, you know, having those, those incredible cocktails. It's it. And I really, I want everybody to be able to experience that and get to meet the team um, who make up the Beatrice and keep them going to the future. So people please go to that link and just, you know, check it out. Even just send an, you know, I've been talking to people saying, even just sending an email to, uh, to restaurants and saying like, Hey, we're thinking about you is a really lovely thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I have to tell you, like, I, um, you know, I, on Thursday, Thursday was the day before we opened up for, for our first day of takeout. On Thursday, I was sitting in my office and I was trying to get everything organized for, you know, to, to do takeout. And um, I got a call from Hunter Lewis. Yeah. And <laughs> he, you know, just hearing his voice and just the fact that he picked up the phone and called me. And, uh, you know, just asked how I was doing and asked if there was anything to do. Like, you know, I've, I've, the restaurant community and the industries that surround it, it's probably one of the most generous communities um, ever. And, you know, I am just so grateful to Food and Wine for always just being there. Well, Especially right now, you know, in our time of need, and I, I can't thank you guys enough. Like, I really, really can't. It's, um, you know, you guys have, have given restaurants and restaurateurs and chefs a platform, um, you know, to, to talk about what what is happening right now and, and you know, the things that we need. And, 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 you know, we should probably, we should probably touch on that too, Kat, you know. 
Um, I think that, you know, we are, this restaurant industry is in, um, it is in dire, dire need of help. Yes. And if government does not step in, when we come out of this, we will only see restaurant chains. We will not see individual restaurateurs. We will not see, you know, all of the things that you mentioned that are, you know, creative and amazing about spaces like the Beatrice Inn. These restaurants will disappear if the government does not step in. You know, saverestaurants.co is, uh, yeah, yeah, for the, if, if, folks don't know about this yet is the independent restaurant coalition and it is a lobbying group recently formed um that is backed by some of the biggest players uh in in the industry i mean it's funny you, th- you think about people like danny meyer he's still an independent independent restaurateur you think about some of these these um giant hospitality groups they're still not those you know big um chains that are across the country these are you know it's everything from you know a, a a chef-owned restaurant to places that have multiple locations, but it's still, you know, unless people speak up right now on behalf of, of restaurants and by participating in campaigns like uh, like uh, SaveRestaurants.co and some of the other things that are floating around, there'll be links um, in um, in this podcast. Um, they're gonna they're gonna lose the, all their neighborhood operators, and it's only gonna be. Yeah. Um, big corporate things, which do, you know, they serve their need, but it's not the totality of what hospitality yeah. can be. So I, I really urge people to, you know, go, uh, go to those resources and, um, and, and call all of your elected officials and, you yeah. know, bombard them. Until no, they... absolutely. I mean, you know, look, I was on MSNBC the other day and we were talking about this. And what I think people don't realize is that restaurants, and bars represent $310 billion in employee compensation wow. a year. Yeah. And, you know, we've got the government right now talking about airline bailouts. Well, I'm sorry, but, like, that represents $59 billion, you know, in employee compensation. And those that you're talking about big business companies. $310 billion wow. for the restaurant industry. And that is what we're talking about. We're talking about 15 million jobs nationwide. And that is why I think it is so important now more than ever that the government steps in. Because, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, but you've got business interruption insurance. Business interruption insurance is not covering this pandemic. They are refusing to pay the policies because... They're not, this is, does not constitute as, you know, a business interruption to them. And this is a huge problem because we all, like, you know, I mean, I think we always talk about the insurance insurance companies. It's like, okay, well, you know, they're going to, any way they possibly can get out of paying, they will. Yeah. And this is a huge problem. So, you know, I mean, it, we're, I think we're looking at something like $250 million is going to be lost in the next two months um, if we, you know, if we're not able to reopen. Um, and, you know, it's going to take the economy years and years to recover. Government has to step in. Insurance companies must be made to pay. And, uh, you know, and, and we have to do something to help independent restaurateurs. Yeah. 
And we'll have all of the links um, along with this podcast and to our Food and Wine Pro uh, coverage as well. And also to the Beatrice Inn, which you should yes. you know, support in any way you can. Thank you so much to Angie Marr for taking the time to be with us today. I will include all of the links to the Beatrice Inn and to Angie Marr's uh, social handles um, in the podcast notes. Um, I also really want to encourage people to uh, visit saverestaurants.co. It's a really, um, it's a new lobbying effort to help independent restaurants get through this and get money to the workers uh, who have been laid off, who are a vital part of this uh, way of life that we have. And um, I'll include any other uh, resources that we talked about. Um, And again, I want to touch back on grief. Um, If you are experiencing that, you know, again, please know that it's normal, but if it is feeling outside the bounds of what you can currently deal with, there are resources available to you. Um, Frontline of Defense, Crisis Text Line, um, text it at, uh, text any word to them, but home is the one um, recommended, but you can really text any word to 741741. That is all together. It's 741 twice. And you'll be uh, connected with a uh, person who will um, text you back and get you from, uh, they like to say, a hot moment to a cool calm. I can't say enough good things about the service. I have been um, one of the crisis counselors there before, and they're there with you. Um, They'll stay with you as as long as you need and get you to a better place. Everybody is dealing with a lot of overwhelm right now, and the best thing we can do is all take care of one another. Um, I also want to thank our producers, Hallie Tarpley, Margot Gothelf, and uh, Jennifer Martnick for um, really figuring out how to get this podcast out into the world and, and, and produce it on the fly in less than ideal circumstances from their own homes. And thank you to Sarah Crowder. Um, for always getting great images for us as well and operating on the fly and and, uh, taking so much on. If, uh, you know, if any of this is is useful to you, these are the conversations that we're having all the time um, on Food & Wine Pro, which is part of... uh, uh, food and wine. It's it's Food and Wine's platform for talking to people in the industry. Um, it's existed for over a year now, and we've always talked about kind of the business and caretaking of people in the industry. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been sharing a lot of resources and first person stories about what is um, actually going on out there, how people are coping with it, and ways that they can get help and ways that. Um, regular diners can help the people and the industry that they care about so much. Um, you can go to foodandwine.com slash fwpro. And also I'd encourage you to sign up for the um, Food and Wine Pro newsletter, which is written by our editor-in-chief Hunter Lewis. And it goes out on uh, Fridays, usually if we're not in the middle of a um, crazy crisis. We do still send it out. It just might be a little bit later than uh, usual. Um, But if you go to uh, that page, there will be all kinds of uh, sign-up links, and it includes the most recent news 
and uh, always the latest podcast and um, a mantra from our uh, test, our associate food editor, Kelsey Youngman, who is a certified uh, meditation instructor. And she keeps us all grounded on the team. Um, as we have our Monday morning meeting, she offers a grounding thought for the week. And uh, she has been of special comfort uh, this week. So um, please sign up for that. And also, if this podcast has been of any use to you, please share it with a friend or leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcast, because that allows us to, uh, you know, bust through the algorithm and uh, keep doing um, this this work that we all really love and getting to have conversations with important people who are out there doing the work to keep everybody safe. Um, have you stopped and taken a breath today? Or are you just, are you sitting there with your jaw clenched and your shoulders um, up and picking at your skin? Maybe I'm just talking about me. Um, but on Twitter, where I am with at kitten with a whip, um, I send out periodically, uh, periodic reminders to people to unclench their jaw, drop their shoulders, soften their muscles, take in a deep breath, you know, stop picking or biting at their skin and just take that moment to have three deep breaths and uh, ground yourself a little bit. It's not going to solve what is happening out there in the world, but it will make you better equipped to deal with it uh, for the long haul. And um, really, I encourage you check in with other people either for their benefit or for yours or for both. That human connection is so incredibly important. And most importantly of all, take good care of yourself until the next time.